Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Of the Word of God. And I hope that you will pay attention to the reading this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, these, all these verses will be on the screen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, the Bible says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, God Wants to Give You Everything You Need. Oh, I hope by the time we leave here today, more than four people will be saying amen. Pray with me. God, thank you for this time together, Lord. I thank you for your word. God, I pray you strengthen my body, God. Touch my mouth and my mind to say the things that you would have me to say. God, I thank you for every person who's come out today, God. Uh, we, we have different needs. We have different hurts and different joys. God, I pray during this time now you'd give us ears to hear what you say to us, Lord. I pray that you'd comfort the hurting, save the lost, and encourage your children. In Jesus' name, amen. God wants to give you everything you need. I wish I had a belief meter I wish I had a belief meter that I could just hang around your neck and measure how much you really believe the things that are said about God uh, and, and in and about his book. I just start with Joyce hanging on her neck. Now, I know Joyce got a strong belief. I'd have Joyce over here. But I don't know where you would be when it comes to your belief meter But I'm going to tell you what I told you all a couple of weeks ago. Remember the little children's song? If you're happy and you know it. All right, that's just for children. If this is, this is uh, adult and children church combined, uh, well, most of the kids are next door. But in this room on Sunday morning, that song has changed all the way around. And I want you to remember, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Because here's the thing. The, the, the harder y'all look at me, the longer I'm going to talk about you. And the more you resist wanting to receive, see, because I have a whole bucket full of ometers in me. And, 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 and I can feel it when you, you don't want to be here. And, and I've said this so many times, and that's why I see so many empty purple chairs, because some people just take advice. But I've been advising people forever. If you don't want to be in church, don't come. But I want the 5, 8, 12, 15, 30 people that want to be here today to, to acknowledge to God in, in that he is here. He said when we gather together in his name, he's here with us. So if you don't learn anything today, remember this. God is here, and he sees what's going on. Oh, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to stay on point because i got to lay down. God wants to give you everything you Need. If I had my belief o meter, I'd check you on that and see if you really believe that. 
Because by the look on most people's faces, most people look like they are busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. And I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about people that come to church. I talk to people. They're, they're worried. They're nervous. They're freaking out. They don't know how they're going to do this. I just don't know how I'm going to get my light bill paid. If you can trust God to get your body from this place we call Jacksonville, Florida, all the way up to heaven one day, I think you ought to be able to trust God with JEA, Clay Electric, Florida Power and Light, whoever. you get. God wants to give you everything you need. Now, here's the reality. Some of us think needs, uh, the things we need, uh, are really the things we need, when sometimes that's the things we want. Here's a news flash for you. You can live without cable TV. Are you hearing me? I, I, I'm, I'm going to really get, it, get hurt right now by some people. You can live, get ready, without a cell phone. And you might live better. People wouldn't be tracking your every move. But when, when it comes, people are like, well, I just don't know. God, they say God's going to supply my need. They say, he said God wants to give me everything I need. Well, I need a boat because I need to go fishing. Well, you need to go fishing for what? Food? Do you sell fish? I mean, what, 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 if it's a need, let me, let me promise you this. If it's a need and you apply yourself to obey what the Scripture says about how to get what you need, God is going to give it to you. Can you believe that? God wants to give you everything you need. Listen to our opening verse again. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God will generously provide all you need. He's not just going to provide. He is going to generously provide. Now, when you read Scripture, I want you to remember, pay attention to the punctuation. It will help your understanding with it. And God will generously provide. Provide all you need. Uh, here's a news flash. I'll give you a, a, a little peek insight into context. This is after you've done some things right. God's just not waking up in the morning thinking, oh, how can I reward my most backslidden children? He's not waking up in the morning thinking, oh, how can I just pour out blessing on people who ain't loving me right? Mm. If you ever get in your mind this concept that God is our Father in heaven and we are His children. And if you'll just relate your Christianity and your relationship to God to a family level, then you're going to understand better about how the flow works inside the kingdom. Because if Daddy has got stuff and you are making Daddy smile, Daddy will give you his stuff. That's just for sure. Sometimes he'll give it to you even when you're not making him smile just because fathers love to bless their children. And the Bible says that it is our father's good pleasure to give you everything. God wants to bless you. Sometimes we just get in our own way. So the scripture says God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now with my back shooting spasms all the way up, down, and sideways right now. I wish we had the time and, and, and the willingness to go around the room and, and ask, has God provided everything you need? And just let people talk about that and, and, and see what kind of provider God has been. Has he been a generous provider? 
And, and if, you've, if you've never really relied on him, you wouldn't have an answer. And let me tell you something. I see some of y'all staring at it, uh, shaking your head, thinking God hadn't provided for you. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you think that's his fault or your fault? I was almost threw it down. That was a mic drop. But this mic's on its last. So how many of y'all ever seen me drop this microphone before? Oh, it's on its last leg. This piece is coming out. But if... God is not providing generously for you. Listen, extra, extra, hear all about it. It's not God's fault. If, you're, if your father, listen, hear, hear this, children. If your parents are not helping you get the things you need and they have the money to do it, you might want to do, be a better child. And I'll make sure this thing is still on. Because some people don't want to hear the truth, but the truth's the truth anyhow. The Bible says, then you will have everything you need. I wonder if, how many people would be able to say, if we went around the room and had time, do you really have everything you need? I, I, I want to just take the place of every true blood-bought child of God, every true spirit-filled, God-loving, Bible-toting, Scripture-quoting, Jesus-exalting, God-glorifying, uh, true child of God, and, and let you know about me. I got everything I need. And, and, and it's not because I have money in my pocket. And it's not because I have a nice car, a nice car. I got everything I need at the cross of Calvary. If God didn't do anything for me but shed his blood so I could be saved, I've got everything I need. Okay, so if we had that time, we went around the room and we just, and listen, there are people in this room that would tell you straight out of their own mouth, not preacher speak, real talk, yes. God has given me everything I need. There have been some wants that went dry. There have been some light bills that didn't get paid. There's been some cutoff money that had to be given to JEA to get the lights turned back on. But here's a little another news flash for you. And the people didn't like the first news flash won't like this one either. You can live without electricity. If you don't believe me, go to Clay Hill, Florida. That's, that's an unincorporated section of Middleburg. I, I, if you want to know the name, I know four people who live in, in the Jennings National Forest in Clay Hill that have never had electricity, birth children on their porches, have a windmill in their front yard, and it's only powerful enough to turn the refrigerator and one lamp at a time. But guess what? They're still living. I ain't trying to live like that. Well, me neither. <laughs> but, uh, but not only if you do what the Bible says to do. And that's why we don't do this thing, because I'm not trying to make liars out of y'all. I, I, I love Christians. I love different churches, different flavors. I, I agree with Paul. Paul said, anyway and every way Christ is preached, I rejoice, and I will rejoice. Listen, there are a lot of churches that do it different than we do, and, and some of that is good and some of it is bad, but I'm never going to put you on a position to be a liar like some of these churches hold up their Bible and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. Well, we're out of gas right there, most of us. If you're not doing what it tells you to do, you're not what it says you are. Well, I guess you are. I mean, if you're throwing backslider and, and uh, under the chastisement of God in there. Uh, but I have what it says I have. Uh, most people don't. But listen, you can get it. You can get it. Oh, I put the pain uh, on my boy. First time I ever put any financial pain on, on my son. I, I, you ought to do this, man. Because me and you have given these children too much. I, I, I went to Jake. 
And I determined an amount of his car money that he could afford to pay his dad for that car that I provided for him. And I took a big four-digit chunk out of his so he was like, oh, Dad, I haven't spent any money since I went to the Marine Corps. He's so excited. He got over $10,000. I said, hey, we ought to carve that in half. How you like me now? Uh, he said it made him feel like a man. And he was glad, he was glad to carry his own load. Uh, <laughs> boy, I wish I had a truth-o-meter for that, see who feels that way. But. God says that then, when is then? Then is after. After you've done what you're supposed to do, and God generously provides all of your need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, this is where I want everybody to get. This is a spot where we should be able to say, I am what it says I am, and I have what it says I have. You ought to have all your needs met, and you ought to have plenty left over to share with others. Now, that doesn't mean let con folk, let greasy folk, let, let sly, slick Willie ease up on you. Let gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy, step to you five more times about, you know, well, I think you got plenty left over. Why don't you share with me? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to share with you. I'm going to open the door up to the food and clothing ministry. People want so much I told y'all about that one story. It just blows my mind still to this day. Now, they're not here, and they ain't been here in a long, long time, and, but it's just the craziest thing. I, I told y'all about the story. The lady came, single mother with four kids, and had a light bill, and this was back before we had a finance committee, and anybody that asked me to come say, can the church pay for this? Back when I was writing checks, everybody got everything. I just figured, they asked, I'm going to give it to them. You see, we got that much money. We got $177 in the bank. Yep. And we gave away, we would constantly, we would just give away everything we had all the time, all the time. And we still give away everything we have. But we just do it through a process now that is uh, more, more uh, faithful stewardship. And this lady came. She needed $177, I think it was, to pay her light bill. And so, you know, I wrote, her, I wrote the check. Uh, here, here's another news flash where I can't write checks anymore. So don't ask, don't ask me to write a check for you. You got to go see the finance committee. And like Pastor Scott, he's just too he's just too free giving. And so that was on a Sunday. Wrote a check on Sunday. Monday night, me me and my kids, we walk into the Olive Garden at Argyle uh, and Blandy, and walk past her. Not intentionally. I was following the part of the lady seating us, and I stopped to say, "Hey," she said, "I don't even want to hear it." I said, "What's that?" She said, let me just tell you, my children deserve Olive Garden just as much as yours. I'm thinking, well, I hope y'all enjoy it. And I just went on about my business. Now, here, here's another news flash for you. Olive Garden is not a need. The Alfredo sauce with those breadsticks might be a need. But the breadsticks are not a need. Uh, that's how you go from a 170-pound preacher to uh, 223 today. Have I got you? You are 227? I thought we weighed the same. You're just swelling out there. She patted his belly when I said that. <laughs> that's what you get to be an elder in the Lord's church. 
But what's crazy, she really had it in her mind. Yeah, well, not all of them. I mean, some of them still young and good looking. Uh, but <laughs> she was so determined. She, she felt like that, that, was, that she needed to rip the church off for $177, faking a light bill that she wanted to pay because she felt like her and her kids needed to go to a restaurant. And I'm thinking, you know, I ain't got no heat about, about people going to restaurants. I mean, if, if, you, if it doesn't cut into your ability to do with your money what God commanded you to do, do what you got to do. But you should have enough money to share with others, and that's what we do here at Abundant Life. And that's why I've told people consistently, because we are, we are a church for all people. And I'm going to let you know something. If you invite any old body to come to church, guess who will come? Any old body. We're not a church for rich people. We're not a church for sophisticated, high-fluent people. I mean, you can come too if you fit that category, but you're going to be sitting around some normal folk and some hurting folk. But because we are a church that embraces everyone, we've had a lot of people come into church uh, that had some financial situations, and they worked the church members. And I want to say from the pulpit again, I haven't said it probably in a few years, so I want to say it again. If people come to put the financial touch on you on this, uh, uh, that, that are connected to this church, please refer them to the finance committee. We pool our money together so we can do great things to help lots of people. And anybody, if you're here and you need help financially, I want you to get on the schedule and see the finance team because we're here for you. We, we, we've got leftover. We will share with you. We just don't want you going back door to everybody in the church uh, getting, because we have, it's funny. Man, we had a, a, a family, uh, they, they ain't been here in, in a long time, but they were getting ready to leave. They were getting ready to move <clears throat> to, I think, Tennessee. And... <laughs> They used the exact same $400 need on three different people in one year. Remember that? In one day. And they, told, and, and they got it from all three. Now, now, at some point, conscience ought to kick in. All right? If you go up to Deacon West and you're like, you know, uh, my kids need some medicine and they're about to turn off my lights and you know, blah, 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 and I'm $400 short. Can I get that? And, and then he gives it to you. And then, and then you pull Eric off to the side five minutes later. You know, I need $400. You already got the $400. And so that's why we pull our money together and help people. We run our benevolence program through a finance committee. Be careful about people because when this scripture was written, there wasn't as much of a professional beggar system going on as there is today. I, I never have the time, but if God gives me the time, I am going to pull my car off the off-ramp of 295 and 103rd Street, and I'm going to talk to this ever-darkening, used-to-be white boy standing there shirtless begging for money. How many people seen old, old, old tan skin? He was white as me six months ago. Listen, he's not standing on that corner not winning. Uh, and, and if you, you look... Behind the, the little uh, electrical box, he's got all types of stuff. I mean, this, I saw this dude. He had a, he had a blunt in his mouth and a, a, a big old hamburger in his hand. And he's walking up. He, 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 he put, he put the uh, blunt back in his mouth and reached into people's window. I'm like, I'm just not sure how great his need is. 
Uh, but God's going to give me time. One day I'm going to have him come preach and let tell, tell, show us how to really raise a whole bunch of money because he's got it figured out. Then, though, you'll be able to share. You'll have leftover to share with others. I want you to have leftover to share with others. You ought to be the kind of person that shares with your community. You ought to be the kind of person that shares with these missions we've got around the world. But here's the reality. To get there, first thing you got to do is you got to get where you have everything you need and plenty left over. And there are plenty of people in the body of Christ that have plenty left over. Now, if you start comparing what you have to what others have, the Bible says you become foolish. The Scripture says if you compare yourself to each other, you become foolish. Because if I look at what I have and I compare it to what Deacon West has, then that's, that's just a foolish comparison because I don't have an all-brick house on a cul-de-sac, on a corner lot. My dream. I don't have my dream house. He has his dream house. But that doesn't mean I need to want a house just like his. I said it this way. If you can't be happy in a, tr- in, in a single wide, God ain't going to bless you with a double wide. And you're not ready for a triple wide. If you don't keep your apartment clean, then God is not interested in handing you the keys to a house to keep nasty. He commanded us to do the best with what we have and to always be faithful with what he blesses us with. But I want you to get to this place where you can be, where you've got your bases covered. Now, here's the coolest thing. I love to see when people that you would call poor still share their food with their neighbors because they know their neighbors need it. That's the real heart of God. That where, where people, you know, cut back a little bit, you know, let, let's, let's save some money on this because I know Miss So-and-so needs a little extra uh, and, and we want to help her. That's when you know you're really getting your mind right about needs and giving. Let's, let's look into the scripture. Uh, in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 51, Jesus asked, this blind man. There was a blind man named Bartimaeus. Really great story. I want you to read it. This out of our book of the month. Uh, I've been sneaking ahead on the book of Mark this month already. I want you to read the gospel according to St. Mark for August. And uh, in chapter 10, we meet this dude called Blind Bartimaeus. And he is crying out to Jesus. And he gets Jesus' attention. And Jesus, now remember, Jesus, the Bible says, God come in the flesh. Jesus, the Bible says, Knows the thoughts in your head. Remember, this is the same Jesus that could see a man sitting under a tree when he wasn't even in the same geographic location. Jesus already knows everything. But this Jesus asked this obvious blind man, he he said, what do you want me to do for you? I almost rolled out of my chair laughing when I read that. Um, I'm thinking, come on, Lord. What do you think, he wants a ham sandwich? I mean, what do you think? He's looking for a Manny Petty and, and, and you know, a, a, a $9 uh, grande mocha frappa lapa tupa with, with cream and whip. No. He said, what, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, my rabbi, I want to see. Now, here, don't miss the, the point. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants you to tell him what you want, no matter how obvious it is. Um, I want my back to quit hurting. I want my neck to quit hurting. Um, Driving 1,500 miles 
uh, in, sitting in one seat all that time is not a great recipe for that. But what do you want the Lord to do for you? If God came here, if Jesus was in the room right now in physical form, and he walked up to you and he said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And here's the reality. People used to ask that question, what would Jesus do? I believe if Jesus was in this room physically, he would ask everybody in this room, what do you want me to do for you? And I wonder what your answer would be. I wonder what your answer would be. I, I have uh, gone through some hardship in my life. You have too. Everybody's got a sad story to sing. Everybody's been through hardship. My story is what it is. Yours is what it is. Um, I've had a lot of people come to me uh, because they know I lost a spouse and, and ask me. And I, I've shared scripture with them, and I've told them the best things I could. I've told them I'm not the best person to do uh, grief crisis counseling over losing a loved one because I don't believe in all the stuff those people say. I don't, I don't believe time heals all wounds. I believe Jesus can get you over. Uh, but I, I can tell you this. Uh, I just passed through Gail's 15-year death. and It's bad when you have a death anniversary for people. Um, and, and sometimes it feels like it was a thousand years ago and sometimes it feels like it was yesterday. And I... Some people here would like to have their grief. I, I would like to have, uh, you know, le less grief. I'm not really interested in moving on. People are like, why don't, you, why don't you just move on? I invite you to move on into my house and see pictures uh, of my wife and my, my kids back, back before our world got wrecked and changed. But you got to know what you really want. I would love not to cry all the time because, uh, and, I, and I know uh, Joyce and JJ are, are here and freshly experiencing Everything reminds you of that person that you're grieving over. And we've got several people in the church that, that, that are, I mean, every change of season, every holiday, every anniversary, you pick up a new anniversary that you never had the day they died. Every whatever it is picks up this. Um, but honestly, if God came to me and asked me, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, my, my grief has weighed heavy on me for 15 years, but I wouldn't ask them to take that away. This, I, I broke my back twice and my neck once in the last 11 years, and I'd live in, I've lived in chronic pain and have come to uh, have a tremendous amount of compassion for people who have chronic pain because I know firsthand what it does for you. That, that, ain't, what, that ain't even what I'd ask God to do. I wouldn't even ask. That, that, that's not the one thing I would ask him to do. Here, here's something that, that, that ought to pique your interest. You know what my one thing I'd ask him to do is? I ain't going to tell you. How you like me now? But I'm going, here, hear my confession. I'm going to start telling him more. Based on the teaching today, which is almost always primarily for me. What God gives me to say to you is almost always something that he's saying to me. Because he said that the struggles that you're going through are in your brethren throughout the whole world. But I want you to have your answer. You don't have to tell me. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but you need to have your answer. Because if Jesus was in this room, what would Jesus do? Well, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he'd do what he did. And what he did when he met somebody who had a real need, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? 
Well, what would you tell him? I want you to be thinking about it, and then I want you to act on it, and I want you to start telling him more. Because God wants to give you everything you need. And if what you would ask him for is connected to a need, God wants to fix it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we learn about sowing and reaping. Let's look at, let's look at the context that verse 8 comes from. I backed it up a couple verses in verse 6. Put that on the screen for me, guys. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the scripture says, Remember this, a farmer who only plants a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Uh, another translation says, He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully, and he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. Now, remember when the Bible talks about sowing and reaping, sowing simply means planting, and reaping means harvesting. It's all about what you put out and what you take back in. Now, God is a creator, and the devil is an imitator. And people have caught on to the truth of the principles of God, and the devil has perverted them. And you can listen to anybody. You can listen to Jim Carrey talk about it. You can listen to Oprah talk about it. You can listen to any kind of crazy people, uh, famous people, talk about what you put out to the universe. Well, where exactly is the universe? What you put out to the universe will come back to you. They are piggybacking falsely on a spiritual truth of you reap what you sow. But it's true. One of the greatest books you'll ever read, and I encourage you to read it, is by uh, Dr. Jack Hayford. Um, and remember, when I quote from somebody from the pulpit, it doesn't mean I wholesale agree with everything they've ever said. But Jack Hayford is a, a phenomenal uh, pastor, Bible teacher, uh, author. He wrote a book called The Key to Everything. Is giving. And I recommend you read that book because it's biblical, it's sound, it's accurate. The key to everything is giving. If you want more friendship, guess what you got to give? Give more friendship. If you want more money, guess what you got to give? Money. If you want more joy, guess what you got to give? If you want more people to help you in your area of where you need help, you got to give away help to somebody. And it's this principle of you get back what you give back. It's believed by everybody. They're all piggybacking on, on spiritual truth. But it doesn't matter if it's the Hindu that says it. They look at it as karma. You know, what you, what, what, what you put out there is going to come back to you. Uh, or, or the redneck up the street. Uh, what will what, what they tell you? If, if you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Or... Ray Ray Pookie and them down on Avenue B. If you don't start none, won't be none. I mean, it's, it's, it's all sowing it. It's the truth at every level. And this is one of those universal truths. I've told you some of God's things are connected to obedience. Um, these, these are called conditional promises. Some of God's promises have a condition connected to them. Some are unconditional. And sowing and reaping is unconditional. Let me tell you something. You can be lost as a golf ball in high weeds. You don't have to have a relationship with God at all. If you give generously to others, people are going to give generously to you. It, that, that works for everybody. That, that works for unsaved people and saved people. So whatever condition you're in this morning, whatever the farmer is, if the, if the lost farmer plants a lot of seeds, he got a good chance of growing a lot of crops. If the saved farmer plants a lot of seeds, he's got a good chance of growing a lot of crops. But 
if you only give a little, you're going to only get a little. That's the point of the verse. We are not, most of us, farmers. Most of us aren't going out planting seeds. But in life, remember, Jesus teaches in a principle of first natural, then spiritual. He talked to farmers in agricultural terms to get them to understand spiritual truth. So the spiritual truth for us here, we're not, we're not farmers planting soybean or whatever. Uh, we're, we're, we're planting seeds, though, with our life. It's what we give out. It, it's, what, it's our actions. Your actions have consequences. Have you figured that out yet in life? What you do comes back on you. And if you do a little of it, a little of it's going to come back on you. And if you do a lot of it, a lot of it's going to come back on you. And I don't know what you've been putting out, but if I had a chance to examine what you've been getting in, then I'm going to know it's pretty much the same. Because if you plant orange seeds, guess what you're going to grow? Oranges. If you plant apple seeds, you're going to grow apples. If you plant uh, being friendly, you're going to grow friendliness. If you plant money, you're going to grow money. And if you plant mean, evil, hateful, backslidden, conniving, lying, low-down, good-for-nothing, backstabbing, whoremonger, and sinner, that's what you're going to get back to. Oh, can you hear what the Scripture says? Galatians 6, 7 tells us, don't be misled. You cannot mock the, the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Put Galatians 6, you got Galatians 6, 7 up there? You will always harvest what you plant. One translation said, you reap what you sow. And it's a fact. It's a universal promise. It's an unconditional promise. You, no matter what you, else you do in life, you are going to get back what you put out. It cannot be changed. It is a promise from God. Verse 9 in our text, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Now, a lot of people preach this passage, and they're talking about money. I love the way Jack Hayford approaches it in his book, The Key to Everything is Giving. Because he takes this verse and he talks about giving out a lot of love, giving out a lot of friendship, giving out a lot of positivity, giving out a lot of embracing, giving out uh, a lot of love. And it, it, I want you to have that in mind when we think about giving. Don't just shut down because most folks shut down when preachers preach about giving. Most preachers never preach about giving because they know every lost person in the building thinks, there they go again, preaching about money. Uh, this, this isn't just about money, though. This is about everything that you give, and you must decide in your heart how much to give. How much patience are you willing to give that person in front of you that doesn't, re that doesn't realize the light's not going to turn any greener than that? We've been riding for so long, it was late at night. Dina was driving on this trip, and uh, she did something. I've done it many times. I said something to her about it because it was funny because I've laughed at myself before. Um, she stopped at a stop sign out in the middle of nowhere on Marine Corps Base Quantico in the pitch black. Nobody's up. They're all in bed because they had to get up soon. And I was just smiling because I knew we were all tired. And she's sitting there at that stop sign. 
waiting on it to turn green. <laughs> and, and I said, that's not going to turn green. You're just going to have to go. And she's like, oh, my. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that had to do with it. I just know it's still funny to me. Oh, patience. I was sitting there trying to be patient. Because, you know, nobody loves a side seat driver. You stop at a stop sign. You, you stop as long. Some of y'all, y'all stop is like a roll through. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I hate this four-way stop. at Mel- I, if, I, if it wasn't illegal, I'd take at least two of those down. And it's not just here. It's not just on Firestone. It's everywhere in America and everybody's neighborhood. I don't care what color they are, how much money they got in the bank. The majority of Americans do not have the intellectual capacity to navigate a four-way stop properly. Are you following me? What I just said is people are too stupid to understand. You stop first because then you end up with that. You stop first, you go first. First one, and I make a hard, when I see three other cars coming, I make a hard stop so my whole car jumps. You know when I stopped, locked up all, listen. How much patience do you have for that, though? Now, y'all have heard Elder Jimmy preach. He, he wants to shoot bazookas at people on the road and drive over top of them with a big truck, towing heavy weight. You reap what you sow. I'm telling you, aggressive drivers out there, you're going to reap what you sow. It doesn't matter. what. It's everything. The way you talk to people, the way you're going to be talked to, the way you treat people, the way you're going to be treated. And you must decide. You must eat. That makes it individual. I can't decide for you. God will not decide for you. you the Scripture says you must decide. How much? Listen, I decided before they were born, that I was going to be a big giver to my children in discipline. And I have done it. And as a result of it, uh, my, my son, when, when he went through boot camp, never thought about dropping out because they told him no. And they had people drop out of boot camp. My son, when he went through infantry training um, at the School of Infantry, he never thought about quitting uh, when it got hard. Because I never let him quit anything. My, my son didn't think about not staying up late and studying when he had to learn all these diplomatic names and titles of uh, people in the Department of State and in the CIA and the FBI um, because he had been driven his whole life to do the job. And I told him, your job is, my, my job is what it is. Your job is to do good in school when he was in school. But I decided a long time ago, I, it says you must each decide in your own heart. In my heart, I knew I wasn't going to do what the chaplain I worked for in the United States Army. He was a chaplain. I was a chaplain's assistant. Um, and he told me that he, he believed that as parents, it was our job just to keep them safe but not really guide them and direct them. Just let them feel their own way through life. 
<laughs> I said, well, let me tell you something, Mr. Cigar, sucking, beer drinking, stay drunk, ask me to preach every week because you don't even like to open the book. I did more preaching while we were stationed together than he did. I, I told him, well, I understand that's what you think, but the Bible says if you leave a child to themselves, they shall bring their mother and father to a shame. I decided a long time ago in my heart how much discipline I was going to give my children. The Bible says if you spare the rod, you'll spoil your child. Um, it's in every aspect of life. It's not just in your money. How, how, much, how much parenting are you going to give? Oh, if we had the time to talk about it, I want to tell you something. Parenting is exhausting. It is high work, low reward. It is just a grind. It is just a neck-stabbing, butt-kicking, one more again, here we go. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. See, I, I decided in my own heart how, how much of, of my manhood I was going to give to Gail and how many children we were going to have. We wasn't about to have no football team full of children in my house. But parenting is exhausting. Some of y'all like, I, well, I don't find it exhausting. Just because you are the parent and they're the child and you live in the same house doesn't mean you're parenting. I, I, every parent knows the truth. Every good parent that knows how exhausting it is, sometimes we're just like, do whatever. Just go ahead. You're right, I'm wrong. You, you're smart, I'm stupid. Just go on, do it. See, that's not parenting, but it's easy. You got to decide how much you're going to give to your job, to your marriage, to your relationships, to your community, to your God. And you must decide in your heart how much you're going to give. And then the scripture goes on and says, and, what's and mean? There's more. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. You don't have to beat your kids because I beat the skin off mine. I heard Dr. James Dobson say, if you will spank them every time they need it from, from, the, uh, from uh, 3 to 10, you should never have to spank them again. I haven't spanked my children in years. But they know what this means. No words needed, no threat needed. I don't have to show them my belt. They remember it. People are like, why do they remember it? Because it was personal. And it hurt. But what you're going to give should not be done reluctantly or in response to pressure. Well, let's talk about money because some of y'all think this only applies to money. When, when we take up an offering, we don't take up an offering to get your money. Because we don't get it. This isn't uh, Apostle Bobo's church. I've been to lunch with apostles that, that live like Apostle Bobo. They take the offering bucket home with them. Some of y'all been in churches like that, where the pastor just, uh, and, and you've been in those churches where they take up more than one offering. The pastor will be stalling, and then the man will come in the back, and he'll be like this. And what's that mean? We're going to need another offering. We're going to take up the A offering and the B offering. And we're going to take up the C offering, which means we're going to see how long we're going to keep taking up offerings until we get what we ask for. Listen, you, you, but don't, you shouldn't give according to pressure. 
You shouldn't give reluctantly. Whether it's, whether it's your friendship, your joy, your positivity, whatever it is you're giving, don't do it because you're forced to because somebody tells you to. The Bible says God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Now remember, we're not talking about money or not just money. God wants you to give your friendship away cheerfully. He wants you to give your patience away cheerfully. He wants you to, whatever you want to receive back, give it away cheerfully. Now, how do you give away everything cheerfully? I don't have time to give you a bunch, but I'll give you one thing. You ought to have a smile in your mind. When you do something really kind, when you really give away, like if you give away some real kindness, if you make it up in your heart, if you decide in your heart, I'm just going to be overly kind. I'm going to give away so much. Not, not, not out of pressure, not reluctantly. I'm just going to overwhelmingly give away kindness today. And you ought to have a smile in your heart. I lost my blessing because I bragged about it at, at lunch. One day we went to lunch. We were up in uh, the D.C. area at Quantico Marine Corps Base, and we, we sat down and listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've said it for years. There is no difference. There, there's no, being gay is no worse of a sin than being a gossip. I'm glad three people agree with me. That's the truth. You shouldn't pile on gay folk. Ain't no reason to pile on gay folk. Gay folk need saving just like we do. Need love, acceptance, and everything just like we do. Being gay is not no greater sin than, than not reading your Bible. The Bible commands you to read the Bible. You're crashing. But, you know, as men raised in the deep south, when we get waited on by an overwhelmingly uh, flamboyant gay person, you know, if you ain't got your mind on right, if you ain't got your Holy Ghost on tight, if, if, if you're not determined to be overwhelmingly kind to everybody, And let me keep moving. So, Bradley. <laughs> waited on us. And, and my sister had, had been encouraging us uh, in this being kind. So, we've been talking about being kind. And I wasn't being kind out of pressure to my sister. <laughs> Even though she was pressuring me. I wasn't being kind reluctantly, because she had told, corrected me about my need to be kind to everybody. Uh, I was doing it because I want to receive it. And God wants to give you what you need, and whatever you put out, you're going to get back. So Bradley <laughs> came to the table, you know, introduced himself, did his job, good servant. And, you know, I engaged Bradley in, in friendly conversation, asked, asked him, you know, about his, about his life. And, 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 and he walked off, and Jake went. And I looked at my sister. I said, you see how kind I was to our nice uh, flamboyant gay waiter? <sighs> that story would have been better if y'all had been there. <laughs> if y'all could have met Bradley. But I had made up in my mind. What's it say? You must each decide in your own heart how much you're going to give, how much kindness you're going to give, how much patience you're going to give, how much joy, acceptance you're going to give, because that's what's going to come back on you. Now, and I honestly believe this. If I was to see Bradley, you know, in a grocery store today, 
Bradley would remember me and he'd give me some kindness. Why would Bradley give a total stranger that he had met one time who from all apparent looks differs greatly and fundamentally on, you know, some, some, some certain issues. Why would he give me kindness if he saw me in Walmart today? Because I gave him kindness. Are you following me? You got to decide how much of what you're going to give, whether it's money, kindness, study, joy, patience, how much of you, because God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And I, I told you, why should you do all these things? When I was overly kind to Bradley, I looked at my sister. Now, Rob, my blessing, because I, I, I wanted to get her approval. I said, you see how kind I was? Didn't even make any commentary at all after that. But I was so happy because I knew that I had given kindness, cheer. I was happy to do it. You know why I was happy to do it? Because I had it in the back of my mind. What I give, I'm going to get back. And if you would just keep in your mind that God's word is true all the time, and that if you do what God says to do, you're going to get what God says he's going to give you. And if you give out kindness, you're going to get it back. Um, and do it cheerfully, whether it's giving money, whether it's being nice to somebody who's mean to you, whether it's, whether it's like, because, you know, some, some people drive the, the way Elder Jimmy drives. Other, other people, you know, they will actually let you get, come in on top of them when you need to come over. Some folk hug a bumper and they're like, not today. You're not cutting in front of me today because I ain't had it. Better, better keep your blinker on. And listen, you reap what you sow. When, when you give something up, it, there ought to be a check in your mind. Uh-oh. I just did that, and I was cool doing it. God likes that. Do you want to please God in your life, or do you always want to be underneath? Do you want to be the child that honors your heavenly father, or do you want to be the one who's always got that threat, daddy's home? Because God promised, he said, I put before you a choice, choice to obey me and to be blessed or a choice to disobey me and to be chastised. And, and these are some areas that we really need to consider. Um, in, in verse 8, the Bible says, and God will generously provide all you need. See, this is after you've done what the scripture tells you to do. This is after you've given. This is after you decided, I'm going to do it because I want to do it. I'm going to do it because God told me to do it. I'm going to do it because I know it's going to please God. It's going to make him happy, and I'm going to get back what I put out. That's when God will generously provide all you need. If God's not providing all you need, you haven't done the requirements. You haven't done the legwork to get to this spot. Some of y'all are like, mm, he ain't come through for me. Well, you haven't come through for him. It's always the lack is on our side, never on his side. It says, then you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, if you're not in that position right now, I've got good news for you. You can get there. You can get there. If, if you'll do what you're supposed to do, God always does what he promised to do. He says, then, then's after. After you do what you're supposed to do, then you're going to have everything you need. If you don't have everything you need right now, and you don't have plenty left over to share with others, then you just, all that means is you got work to do. That doesn't make you deficient, defective, or a horrible person. We're all in our process, and we all can do better. 
We can give away more love. We can give away more acceptance. We can give away more joy. We can give away more kindness. We can give away more friendship. We can give away more positivity. We can give away more, more, more honesty. We can give away more love. And we can give away more money. And when we do those things, it's going to come back to us. Jesus said you can't give up something in this life that God won't bless you with more than what you started with. Verse 9 says, as the scriptures say, they share, share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. God said giving is a good deed. Verse 10 says, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Some people won't give. Now here, it's narrowing in more specifically on money. Using agricultural terms to teach a spiritual truth. He said, God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. You got to plant your crop. You can't be so worried. You got a handful of seed left. If your choice is eat this seed and die or plant this seed and live, you need to learn how to plant that seed and live. And some of y'all been holding on to your seed so long. Some of y'all been harboring unforgiveness. Some of y'all holding on to your, your, your love. You're not giving it away. You're not giving away joy. You're not giving away patience. You're not giving away money. You are not going to get more from God until you give away what you have. Because God's the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. He said, in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. And, no, stay with that. Stay with 10. He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Where it says and, and in the last verse, now it says and then. This is a process, a process. We've got to do the steps. We've got to walk where God said walk, do what God said do to get to where God wants us to be. And the place God is trying to get us is the place of increase where he is the one who increases your resources. And after that, there is going to be a great harvest of generosity in you. You really want to see something awesome, go to Waffle House. Let a 50 or 60-year-old woman bring you bacon and eggs and toast and let your and, and drink water and from four to ten that's on the five o'clock menu and and you can get it any time of day if you're old like me it's on the 55 plus menu for five dollars now go ahead and pay that five dollars and leave her a fifty dollar tip and I, I've done this I've I've had this happen to me dozens of times and watch her chase you down in the parking lot throw her arms around you forgetting about social distancing with tears in her eyes saying thank you so much I didn't even know how I was going to get this that or the other done today when I came to work you're a blessing and 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 then you'll find out man being generous is awesome I promise you this whether it's fifty dollars or an extra three dollars you give to that woman it probably means more to her than it means to you 60-year-old women not standing on concrete floors slinging eggs and bacon all day long just because they want a social outlet. When you can have this great harvest of generosity in you, see, here, here's the process and I'm done. When you get to this place where you give and then you get and then you give again, that is awesome. When you give 
and God blesses you so you can brag on God. Look what the Lord has done for me. And then you can give more the next time. Then you give so you can get, so you can give again. Then you give so you can get, so you can give again. And it's incredible. And it makes you feel good. And it's happy. And it's like, I, and I've had people testify, Pastor Scott, I'm just so thrilled. I never thought I'd be in a position financially where I'd be able to be a blessing to somebody else. I'd been on the receiving side. It feels good. To, how many people know it feels good to be on the giving side? I want you to get there. I want you to get to this place where, where he provides for you and he increases your resources. And, and then he, he gives you this great harvest of generosity. So you're just like, I'm just looking for somebody to be a blessing to. Because here's the thing. So many people have told me, Pastor Scott, you can't outgive God. And, you know, I, I'm jaded in some things. And I, I, my first thought is, well, you ain't even trying. <laughs> what are we talking about? Now, if you are a giver and, and you say that, yeah, I give you a high five, chest bump, a hug, and be like, praise the Lord. I, I, I know you know what you're talking about. And it is the reality. You can't outgive God. You can't outlove God. You can't out be good to God. But the more you put out there, the more it's going to come back on you. The Bible says if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. That's in everything. That's in kindness, patience, love. That's in acceptance. That is in everything. Last verse, verse 11 says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Oh, this is, this is the hope, y'all. This is the hope for abundant life. I'm going to close it on money. We talked about giving in every other capacity. Get that book Jack Hayford wrote, The Key to Everything is Giving. Whatever you need more of, give it away. It'll come back to you. But here... The apostle says to the Christians at Corinth, you'll be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. What if you were in a position where you could just always be generous? What if you always had an extra 20 to give to the waitress at Waffle House? What, what if you always ha had, you know, you know listen, uh, that, that, that whole pay it forward thing at McDonald's, I'm, 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 I'm almost done with that. Stop doing that to me. Do it to somebody else. I have somebody pay. Listen, I got the McDonald's app. I go in there, I, I get a plain McChicken and a large Dr. Pepper. <laughs> that, that cost me $1.87, okay? Now, so if you tell the, the, the McDonald's person, I want you to pay for the guy behind you, I, you just paid $1.87 for me because that's all I'm getting from him. Now, now, so then I got to think in my mind, well, maybe I ought to pay it forward for the people. Is that the, is that the Harris... 17 people I think 11 people in that no man I ain't, that ain't even ridiculous but wouldn't it be great to get to the place where you didn't have to count how many people were in the car behind you because all, all, of, all of you you've been so enriched in every way this ain't just financially this is your joy has gone up this is your health wealth and prosperity has increased and, and then here's the result of that happening not all praise be to you, but those gifts go to people who need them, and they thank God. You ought to want to do good things to somebody say thank you to God. When we give money, every one of these banners across this church, we give them money every month. And our hope is that they will thank God for it. When you give in these offerings, you get an opportunity to invest. I, I, I was talking this week uh, to my family about making sure that we always 
uh, have a, glo a global mentality. You need, to, you need to think globally and you need to impact locally. We, we, we have a global ministry at Abundant Life. We, we have a ministry that stretches across the globe, but we also are concerned about our own local community. And when you give, you are giving, you are giving locally. You are giving across the globe, and you're giving to the local community. And you ought to want to be able to do that. Why? Not so somebody will say you're a good old boy or a good old girl, but so somebody will be able to thank you, God. We, we, were, up, we were up in the D.C. area this week, and uh, my phone was blowing up. I thank God I don't have to do everything anymore. When we started the church, I did everything. I typed the bulletins. I, I, made, I made the copies of the messages. Um, I made the bank deposit slips out. I made the bank deposit. Uh, I did everything. I taught Sunday school and led the worship and preached. I thank God we got people doing other stuff so I can do what the Bible tells me to do, give myself a prayer and study of the word. But I get all the notifications that come to uh, Dina on our uh, social media pages. And our media page was blowing up. Are y'all still giving away food this week? They hadn't seen the food basket get posted yet. Uh, and they, they listen, People are counting on us. People are counting. They don't eat if we don't show up. If we all just quit abundant life, if we all just stop giving, if we all stop being generous, they ain't going to be able to thank God for the little church on the gravel dirt road where they can come and drive through and get a whole week's worth of food for their family so their children can eat. And we want them to thank God. That's what we're about. We want them to know that there is a people at 4401 Georgetown Drive that believe in the one true God, Jehovah, creator of all there is, who revealed himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who commanded us to go out into this world and to love people and to provide for people. And when we do that, they're going to thank God. And God's going to look at you and say, one day, and here it is, and I'm done. Well done. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Come on in. You did good. I'm proud of you, boy. Proud of you, girl. You, you're my daughter. You're my son, and you did good. I want you to get that when you get to heaven. Some people say, oh, I don't care if I just get in by the skin of my teeth. That ain't real love for Jesus. You ought to want to get there and hear that you did good with what you had. So let's decide in our own hearts. We're going to do good with what we have. Let's decide to give away more love. Let's love everybody more. I don't care who they are. Drug addicts, junkies, homosexuals, uh, God-haters, anarchists, atheists. Uh, let's, let's just love everybody more. Let, let's be kind more. Let, let's be encouraging more. Let's be more like Jesus. If we get stuck on what we're going through, listen, I guarantee you this. I could go to lunch with, with Joyce and JJ today, and I could commiserate on misery of how hard life can be. Yes or no? And it's hard. And, 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 and it hurts. And it's tears. And it's lonely. And it's crying. And it's, it, 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 it's, 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 it's painful. But you get to choose how you tell your story. You get to choose how you remember ones that you've lost. You get to choose how you approach each day. And you ought to want to make everybody that you ever lost, everybody that was ever there for you, you ought to want to make them proud of the life that you're living now even though they're not here helping you. And you ought to want to live right for God because God said that he's watching.
And I want us to give more. I want us to give more of everything we have. Give more of your energy to serving God. Give more of your intellect to studying His Word. Give more of your words to praying to Him. Let's give more so people can give more thanks to God. Because I want the world to know that our God is the true and living God. And He loves people. And He's the God who saves, heals, and delivers. And if you will call on Him, He said if you'll call on Him, He'll save you. If you're here and you're not saved, you ought to ask God to save you for real. I don't care how many times you've tried to get saved. If you know you're not right with God, you just ought to call out to God. He said when you search for me with your whole heart, you'll find me. You ought to call out to God and let Him change your life. If you're here and you are saved, I want you to purpose in your heart. The Bible says, according as you purpose in your heart, you ought to give. I'm a purpose to give more. I'm a purpose to give more kindness. I'm a purpose to give more patience. That ain't always easy when you're in chronic pain. Uh, when, 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 when I'm hurting so bad, uh, all I want to do is just lay down. Uh, and, but then I got somebody who wants just five minutes with me. I'm a purpose to give ten. Because it's usually 30. Uh, <laughs> that's a preacher joke. Purpose to give more. Because I promise you this. You can't outgive God. And you can never do too much. We live in a world where people are hurting, in a world where people have needs. Somebody needs to see your smile. I feel bad for people who didn't grow up in, 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 in the uh, part of the world I grew up in. I feel bad for people who didn't grow up uh, where, where you ride down the road and, and strangers, red, yellow, black, or white, uh, see you cross you in the driveway, just throw the hand up off the steering wheel. Just wave at you. Don't have to know you. Just giving away a little bit of kindness. Just, I see you. You're a human being like I am. Go out and treat God, God's planet better. Go out and treat God's creation better. Go out and give everything you have so somebody will thank God because of something that you've done. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us, God. I thank you for being a giver. God, I thank you for giving us salvation, healing, deliverance. Lord, I thank you for giving us hope. I thank you for giving us your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for giving us your spirit to live inside us, God. I thank you for giving us your word to guide us, your Holy Spirit to lead us, God. I thank you for giving us this church to gather together where we, we can be brothers and sisters in Christ, God. And I pray that we would purpose in our hearts to give more of everything that will bring you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.